0: I know Ian Johnson as well.
2: Yeah, he's good. I
0: didn't realise until just finishing your book that he worked for you. Yeah, he's a good guy. And uh, he said to say, let me pull this text up so I can read you just what he said. Because he said you'd enjoy this. (laughs) Let's just sort out these wires here as well. Ian says, tell Alan that I'm off to see Phil Collins tonight. In fact, tell him that specifically to gauge his reaction. (laughs) But it is true. I am going and I will love it.
2: <laughs> he's got to be taking the piss. <laughs>
0: we'll have to give him a call off my phone when we get up top at yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah, he's and got you... to
2: be taking the piss. Surely he's taking the piss. Can I move your couch in a little bit? Yeah, so yeah can okay, get you a little bit closer to the mic. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave I'll it there we'll and I'll, I'll move forward. Don't worry. We'll, we'll bring this forward. To yeah, yeah, like that.
0: yeah. But apparently not.
2: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not because I, I did a. Guardian thing. We'll talk about it, and, and and I took the piss nearly the whole time. When I was I was going on about people that I like, like foreign and right, Phil right, Collins right. Or, we'll talk about it in the an interview, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 it was a the, the, nobody in the press, the British media. You you understand because you you know because you know them, right? But you no, none of them will actually admit that they let somebody in to write a blog for the Guardian. Who was allowed to take the piss to the point that they didn't know that I was taking the piss? I did it for about, I did it up to about, I probably did it for about four years or three years, three or four <laughs> years, maybe five years, right? And and uh, it got to a point that they were getting me to interview John Bon Jovi. Wow. Because I'd said that I'd been on about John Bon Jovi. And I actually had to go through with it <laughs> and interview him because I was like, I'd taken the piss. So badly, uh-huh. with the Guardian. Do you know what I mean? Because I, because I hated that. Remember when the Guardian actually mattered, and nobody, nobody gives a fuck no. what anybody says about a record. No. Because same with, say, the NME, same the NME. with the enemy. Same with the enemy's gone, isn't it? Toilet paper, right? Nobody, nobody could give a fuck. They, 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 maybe give a fuck about their website. That's it. They yeah. don't give a fuck about any other part. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's like, you know I mean? And, and but anyway, at that point, I was so pissed off with the Guardian being the purveyors of taste sort of thing. Yeah. I, I did this blog, say, and it McGee on music every week and I would do one about sometimes they were sincere. I, like one in four were about sincere, were were actually like like were sincere, like Las Vegas or Primal Scheme are good, sort of like blah blah blah, whatever But but three quarters of them were absolute <laughs> and it got he it, it got it was reaching a new high. I mean, Phil Collins is probably about as high as you could probably take it. Right. You know, and I was just lying, like, saying <laughs> that I was into him. And like, blah, blah, blah. And people actually, I think people with a sense of humour must know I was taking the fucking piss. Uh-huh. But it's never been spoken about in the media <laughs> because because they can't take the piss out themselves. That's why I set up this, really, to go. Yeah.
0: In, I mean in part inspired by you know people like yourself and Tony Wilson and yeah, yeah. But, but, do well, it yourself
2: well, well, we, I mean, you're talking about the numbers well, essentially you're, you're like a modern day fanzine at the moment, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah and, exactly but what will happen with that is if you get a big brands behind you like Vans and and like your reach will become that's monumental. It. Do you know what I mean?
0: That's the ceiling at the moment that I'm trying to break through. Like the guests yeah. and hopefully the quality of the interviews. Well, is at a level. the guests are amazing.
2: The guests are amazing. I mean, do you know what I mean? Because I was looking at the guests you've got and you got you got a Slash for thirty five minutes. To where the fuck you get him from? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> These <laughs> know? guys, Duff oh, Breath, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they. And, 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 uh, you know, it was great. You know, so do they have this whole building? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh no, it's just this floor. This floor, right? just this floor. Yeah, yeah. We're rather
2: today
0: I, I, I... in that pub.
2: In that pub, <laughs> yeah, mate. yeah, yeah, Let's yeah, do it then, I've, given, right?
0: I've given them the best excuse to take a long lunch. They're yeah, just yeah. like, we could sit in and work while you're doing it, but we'll give you the space and take all the time you need.
2: yeah. All right, all right. Well we'll just get into it. On well, this go. is it,
0: mate. This is it. Um I guess what I like to do at the start is get a bit of context and background on each guest and find no, out. No, a bit no, no, okay. just
2: go, go. Yeah, Their yeah.
0: upbringing and stuff. So tell me about Glasgow in your sort of formative early childhood years as a kid at school, falling yeah. in love with music.
2: I was born in a Redlands Hospital, um in Glasgow. Uh I was for the first five years of my life, um, I lived in Coven Hill. Um which is got the, the, the they tried to shut the bars in Govanhill, Hill. Uh and uh, now it's it wasn't was it rough back in the day. I don't know if it was rough. It's pretty rough now to be honest. I, 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 I mean it's like it's just it's the, the, the people are amazing but it's like but there's been no money put into the area, do you know what I mean? So it's like As like uh,
0: Manchester and other cities yeah, have had.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a kinda like pretty bad area at the moment you know i mean and you know um only because i don't think there's been any money put into it so there's like you know there's a lot of unemployment and yeah there's a lot of, and and there's a lot of, just a lot of stuff going on there's a lot of crime and everything you know um well i've I'll, funnily enough i've got black grape playing queen spark right next to Governor Hill, you know I, I just said yes to that gig the other day but um but i uh, spent five years there and then i moved up to mount florida uh-huh um but and you know, and then Mount Florida was kind of slightly better than Govan Hill. But now, when I was up there about a year ago, Govan Hill's now moved up to Mount Florida, so it's like it's kind of like it's surging kind of that way. Do you know what I mean? You know, uh, so there's not really that much difference between Mount Florida and Govan Hill, it's kind of the same, kind of it's just very working class and um. Reading your book,
0: I sort of got the sense that whether or not it was conscious at the time, yeah. it definitely is in your mind now looking back. Yeah, that background really shapes a different mindset coming yeah. to play in the field of the music business where it's a lot more, yeah, middle class. It,
1: it,
2: it, Would that yeah, be fair? Yeah, well, it, 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 I'm not sure the music business was always middle class, it's pretty middle class now, you yeah. know, but it's like, um. I'm not sure when I came into it it was middle class, I mean I think, I'll just go into the childhood thing, I think the thing that gave me my drive was my relationship to my family really, my mum and dad and uh, you know I was never an academic kind of person so like you know I stopped going to school at 14 you know what I mean and uh, there was like bad behaviour with my old man who drinks a lot. Um, towards me in particular that ended up in a couple of hospital visits and stuff like yeah. that, you know, and uh, so I think... You wanted I, to just get away? No, I wanted to stick one right up on basically, and be, be really successful, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, not so much my mum, because my mum, my mum was really happy for me at the minute, my mum died when I was young, but but my mum saw me be successful with the marriage because I was 23, managing the media chain, and she actually saw that before she, she died, do you know what I mean? So my mum was actually happy for me. I'm not sure my old man was happy for me at any point in my life, do you know what I mean, you know? I think it was just always a, a bone of contention with my old man, really. and uh, but Which is fine, you know. Did he People, ever clean up? Uh, I haven't seen him for years, dude. I haven't, right. I haven't seen him for five, six years, but he's a... Uh, my sisters say that he's still staying up. I mean, he's kind of rock and roll, and in a... In a cliched way except he doesn't play guitar you know what I mean he, he's like, a rock star without a guitar yeah, yeah. yeah he is a rock star without a guitar he's like he, he kind of staying up to like 4 or 5 in the morning quite a lot of mornings getting fucking pissed still at 84 I mean that's almost that's almost like how could you put that that's almost that's almost like a job in itself mm. do you know what I mean I mean even I got bored of that at 33 do you know what I mean you know so it's a bit like he's a so, lifer uh, but he's been been pissed I was I can remember him, and that was like about, you know, he, he was, he was, he was, he was, he 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 held a job down, but since he stopped working at sixty one, he's like, you know, he's just been an alky, basically.
0: <laughs> he sort of came to your side. Would that be the right way of describing it yeah. when you had your moment of?
2: Yeah, he did. I mean, we, we we we. I mean, I could be a cynical twat about it all, but I won't be. Do you know what I mean? You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? say you know that you know it. You know, he he came because basically, you know, you know, he he'd a he'd a piece of creation, but but really, I, I you know, we got on, we got on in the nineties. That was the only era we've ever got on. Weirdly, we never got on before that, and then we got on from a bit when my mum died. Ninety, me and my old man, we got on for about ten years. I think I felt sorry for my dad when my mum died, and that was a big part of the whole thing. You know what I mean? Um. And um and then, you know, then I got ill with, with the drugs and my Man was, was was good around then, you know, what I mean, and then you know what happens, it's like, unfortunately, you know, my old man was better when he had no money, do you know what I mean? Because the minute we wedged old Man up with a load of money, do you know what I mean? We made him a millionaire, right? Um What's you know, that money gonna go on? I don't know, but it wasn't so much the booze, no. it was just it was just I think he just changed as a person, to right. be honest. And I think he was a nicer human being. With actually, nothing, we, we, well, when he was earning he's like you know 11 grand a year, a, it sounds terrible to say that about somebody, but he was a nicer human being about money. Do you know what I mean? You know,
0: well, you say the same actually about Courtney Love in your book. You say yeah. that when she was sort of down on her luck, she was a much more yeah. relatable human being. Yeah. And then the minute the money comes in is when the erratic behavior comes yeah, back. Yeah, she
2: got bent all around up where she ended up being sectioned. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So that was my that was my uh, that was my... Um,
0: Driving force for... That, I
2: suppose that was what, what made me get out of Glasgow, really. I mean, well, I mean, not specifically, because I, I was in a band with the guy played Primal Scream, Andrew Innes, and he um, he basically said, you're out of the band, McGee, if you don't come down. So I joined the band um, and came... Well, I didn't join the band, I was in the band, but I, I came to London. What year um, was that? 1980, so I was 19
0: what was happening in music then? I guess punk had sort of been and gone by that point. Yeah, no, I didn't no, it was or? interesting.
2: It was the, I, I mean, I remember going to a recording studio. Uh, I'm not recording, a rehearsal studio at Mount Pleasant. The, I don't know if they've got them anymore. I don't think they have. But it was called Mount Pleasant Rehearsal Rooms. And uh, there was three rooms. And the Gang of Four in the Cure were in the other two. And me and Andrew Ennis were in, were in were in this other one. And I just suddenly went... It, it, it was like Glasgow was almost like a glass ceiling that we were in this band Newspeak, and uh, we were like the seventeenth biggest ba- biggest band in Glasgow sort of vibe, right? and there was all these other bands who weren't any better than us or anything. They were just they were just more likely to to do it. You had things like obviously Simple Minds were were around, by then I think, but but uh, but there was like you know. The Berlin Blondes and the Cuban Heels and I can't remember that many other ones, but but there were all these kind of bands all happening, and uh, we were way down the list of you know like me and Andrew, but we, then we moved to London, and suddenly we we, we moved from the small town mentality. The thing the thing and this is probably a good thing to say in this 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 podcast is like, Scottish people don't realize they've got it till they move away. It's like Scotland has a problem. It's got a chip in its shoulder and it can't. It's Manchester doesn't have it because Manchester thinks it's the greatest city in the world, right? Whether it is or it's not, they all believe it. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Which is fantastic, right? But Scotland really is demonized by the fact that it's got it's answerable to England. So if you spend any amount of time up there under Scottish, the, the chip comes back on your shoulder. Do you know what I mean? You know, and I realized that when I moved, when I, when I, when I was ill with the the drugs that we'll get into later on um, um, and I was up there for about six, nine months or something like that the chip reappeared do you know what I mean right. you know that evil London and you come to London and it's, it's it's a lot easier to make ground in London than it is Glasgow believe it or not do you know what I mean you know
0: well, it's the city where everything happens, isn't it? I'm from Birmingham, yeah. and I was based at a radio station in the Midlands for sort of the first five years of my career. Yeah. And when that station closed down, I was like, "There's nothing." Literally, at that point, there was yeah. nothing else there. Yeah you, had, yeah, you had to be in London to it, be but, in that.
2: Well, Birmingham's a weird. Well, Birmingham's a weird town because it's like it's like you go apart for Black Sabbath the, or maybe UB40 or Duran Duran. Right? Yeah, you you probably go. They've never had a band. But then you could probably go, actually, and then you'd name me 50 bands from around there, and I'd go, you're right. It's a weird it's a weird place because it's not like a budget owner no. the way Liverpool or Manchester or Glasgow is.
0: No, no, apart from, as you say, Black Sabbath. That's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. one that people still reference and yeah. you know, they formed 50 years ago now.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's your Beatles, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be honest, I've never really been a massive fan of Black Sabbath, but, but that's probably, you know...
0: Well, your, your musical lineage for me, reading about some of the, you know, yeah. albums that inspired you in the book and stuff. And yeah. I want to talk actually about the television personalities. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Because
0: I know so few people that know that band. Yeah. And for me, I can't remember how I discovered them. It was probably the single part-time punks and Genius, just thought yeah. it was some of the most sardonic, dry. Yeah. It had that kind of bonzo, dog doodah band. Yeah theatricality to it as well yeah. and you describe in the book when you saw them live I wonder if you could paint a picture and put us in that scene of that well, gig. But... Well I'd
2: moved to London by that point but this was a big shaper for the idea creation and it was like they, they played um, the Victoria venue and uh, they were forcing the bill and I think Rough Trade Agency a guy called Mike Kink was uh, the promoter of the gig or he was the the guy that was curating the gig, and it was all rough trade agency bands. I can't remember who else was on, and uh but they they played, and it was, and they were really they were all dressed as sixty psychedelic kind of with paisley shirts and stuff like that, and it was only three of them, but it ended up there was about fifteen of them on stage, and it was like, it was almost like a kind of style council cover from nineteen eighty four two years later, when they were all like they'd like people smoking cigarettes, you know, not that you can even smoke anymore, you know, indoors or anything like that, but they were smoking cigarettes and they were, they were shooting movies and then a guy that I ended up going into business with, a guy called Joe Foster, went and got a saw to the main guy, Daniel Tracy's, a Rickenbacker and they were probably getting paid, I would, I would think, £100 on the night, this is 1982. And they were like on the bill at a really big venue. There was about two or three hundred people there, but it was maybe held two thousand or something right. like that. Uh, so it was pretty empty. And uh, Joe, his guitar, which I think Ricky backers around that time were about four or five hundred quid. Sawed it in half. It was amazing, you know. What I mean? And uh, what but tenacity, it, was it, it wasn't it right? wasn't so much that though. Do you know what really done really brought me to TV personalities? Because this was post part part Parting punks I think was seventy eight or seventy nine. This is eighty two. They'd got into psychedelia in a major way. And they were they, that, that was the blueprint to what Creation Records became, which was Psychedelia and Punk. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's and they were DIY they were punked by by, by 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 being DIY. But um but they were they were they were psychedelic in music and but it was their version of Psychedelia like, because they couldn't really play that well. And it was it was fucking great. And it blew my mind. It was like the first gig since The Clash when they came up to Glasgow because that was the sort of beginning of punk in Glasgow, no matter what anybody else says. It's like it probably, I think it was about October 77. I mean, obviously we were buying punk records before that. We were all into it. So there was like 2,000 people at the Apollo. But I think it was September. I think they came up. Twice in two or three months, right? and uh, they, but this was about maybe I think it was September, and uh, they ca- they came twice, and it was just we'd had to, we'd had the Ramones.
0: That was your first gig, right?
2: Punk gig, no, it wasn't my first gig, but it was like it was like, but and, and I'd been going in gigs since I've been i been ten and eleven, you right, know what right, I mean, you right. Know? Yeah, uh, I'd always the, the minute T Rex happened and Bowie happened, I was going to gigs really, To be honest, you know.
0: So you saw all those guys and I Queen saw most and...
2: of them. Yeah, yeah, I saw most of them. I mean, I mean, I saw weird shit, man. I saw like I saw Queen, Santana, Leonard, Skynyrd. I mean, I saw, I saw lots of stuff that you wouldn't think I would go and see. Steve Gibbons, Ronnie Lane. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. As well as all the obvious ones like T Rex, Bowie, The Sweet. Um, you know, just all that stuff, you know, that, you know, that, that come through that period. How were you affording tickets? Um, well, I'd got a newspaper thing that um, that I'd that started, that I started uh, being the, the salesman for, if you want to call it that. <laughs> right, right, right. And I, I was I was the little newspaper sales boy. Uh, it was, I'll tell you what it exactly was. It was for 10 pence. You bought the local newspaper, but it was paid for by adverts. So the, the, somebody, whoever had invented it, it was making a killing on the adverts. But they were also charging the local ten pence for the local news. Right. Uh, and they used to print up, I think, about 10,000 papers or something. And they they, would, they were selling them at different places around the place. And I had got the corner of Victoria Road in and in Allison Street, which is Govan Hill, right? And it was a brilliant place to stand, right? Because you could sell 200 papers, so the first time I went and done it, I took the money back to the guy and uh, I, I, we sold it for 10 pence and you could buy it for 6 pence, so I made 4 pence profit. So that was okay, so I made about 8 quid, but I realised, you, and you picked the papers up at 6 in the morning and started selling them about 7, 8 in the morning, and when and you'd sell them to about 2 in the afternoon, but I realised if you showed up at 5 in the morning, you could just, you could just steal them, which of course I did, right? Yeah. And nobody cared because the newspaper was making money out of the adverts. So I used to... I did, I did a victimless for, crime. Yeah, I did it for two or three years. I was just like... And and, and how I bought all my records. So I had every album and every single. And then, I mean, like, a lot of my little cousin, Kenny Dawson, who'll probably end up listening to this, used to come round and tape all my records because I had every record because I had... I was only a little kid, It was only like 12, 13, but I had Rod Stewart and, and every record that you'd think of because because I was like I had this paper job that I was scamming them for. So I was essentially making about, I don't know, maybe if sold 150 papers, maybe make 15 quid. But for a little kid at was that big time, money, yeah. Well, an album at that point was about, I think it was £2.99. Right. So you could buy three or four albums a week Wow. Or you could buy fifteen singles a week yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. You know what I mean? You know, actually probably more than that. I don't even think singles were a pound yet. So, so it was it, it, it was good. It was it. I, it gave me an amazing education in music because it, it was like, uh, you know, because I, I knew about everything. You had and a it, wide reference
0: point. for later Well, I
2: had a record collection like that within about a year, which is like to people. Obviously, it's a podcast. About <laughs> about I don't know what's that a about. About one hundred and fifty, is it? Yeah, I must have about that. Yeah. A lot of records, and, uh, and 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 I used to study the sleeves and
0: who produced what, and and who you, wrote I mean, what. I mean, mean,
2: I mean, even now I could like, you know, I, you know, I won't I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, fuck your podcast up by <laughs> by uh, by um, by singing five years, but but even now I could sing every word to Ziggy Stardust. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it was like life-changing moments you know but especially when i got played that record was that
0: the album for you more so than the record any other
2: that, yeah that, it made me really question everything like well what i didn't know that you could make a living out of music but i know i wanted to be in music uh for all the probably obvious reasons of like you know god you know it would make you cool or something and you
0: know... Get the girls.
2: Yeah, you, you get girls or, you know... Drugs weren't really, obviously, an option at 12. Do you know what I mean? No, you know, no. you know, but it was like... Unless but, you're but, Sean. But, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think you got laid then, didn't you? But, but, but it was like, uh, you know... Yeah, for all the obvious... It might make you famous or something. I don't know Oh the bullshit part. Stature, apparently. credibility. Yeah, I, know, yeah, no, I yeah. don't think you think of that at twelve actually. You just <laughs> you just think I, I actually to be honest, I probably well to be really honest, I probably wanted to be David fucking bowie. Do you know what I mean? I was obsessed with David Bowie. Do you know what I mean? You know?
0: I think it's hard for someone of my age, I'm thirty one, it's hard to really imagine the impact that
2: he, I don't think he, he don't, had. but I, well, I think the only thing in your when you were eleven Oasis were happening. Yeah. And Bowie was a bigger impact than Oasis, but it's similar. Yeah, it was it was a phenomenon. It was a social phenomenon.
0: But there was something more otherworldly, wasn't there, about? Bowie? I know. No, Bowie was like, Bowie
2: made it okay to be gay. Yeah, Bowie made it okay to be bisexual. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, Oasis changed a lot of things, but you know, they didn't
0: break down any they, they didn't break gender down. taboos or anything. Yeah, there. they didn't. We do got that. a phone ringing. Classic. Don't worry, it's like, it's ambiance, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, Bowie was so important on that level that it changed everything, do you know what I mean? You know?
0: I guess at that point as well, Britain was still very racist, probably still quite close minded in many but ways.
2: Well, I lived in Glasgow, it was worse than racist. It was sectarian, do you know what I mean? You know, I was like, I mean, I, went, I used to go to see Rangers, you know, up until I was about 15, 16, up to Punk, but I was never down with the, it's, you know, the, I mean, a lot of my mates were Catholics, so I was never, I never hated Catholics. anything like, you know, it was, it, I always found that part, I, I found it ugly. Do you know what I mean? You know, I found it non-appealing. Do you know what I mean? You know, and my old man, he was a, he was, he wasn't in the Orange Lodge, but he was in, he was a Freemason, so he used to Masonic Lodge, and he, I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he hates Catholics. I wouldn't go as far as say that, but he was into all that kind of thing. And he wanted me to become a Freemason, and I was like, "Fuck off! No way, I'm a becoming one. I'm not any of you know." And uh, I suppose that probably broke his heart, which he's never forgiven me for because I wouldn't have become a Mason.
0: Yeah, that working class pride. Yeah,
2: I don't think it was about. I don't think, God, you're actually being slightly philosophical with my dad it's kind of hard for me to do that <laughs> sorry <I don't, laughs> no no that's not no i always think he's, like, he's, like he's a dog jakey um <laughs> no i think it was just a father-son thing it was like i just think he probably when i refused to become a mason i just think he thought it was a fucking a queer yeah basically yeah you know i just didn't understand that it you Was know, any help that i was walking about with from age 16 and makeup going to clash gigs?
0: Bowie posters on and your wall. Bowie posters,
2: you know what I mean? And still a virgin, actually, really. Yeah. you know what I mean? So it was a bit like, you know, he just didn't understand where I was at, you know what I mean? To be honest, maybe I didn't understand where I was at, you know. By 16, I knew I was straight, but at 14, I'm not sure I, did, I knew I was straight, you know what I mean, you know? When I, mean, I was so into Bowie, I was, like, obsessed, you know, you know.
0: So when you get to London, where are you living and what sort of conditions are you living in? Oh,
2: I, well, I mean, terrible conditions, the we we, we 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 me and Andrew came down in we came down in June nineteen eighty. I was nineteen, uh, and we lived for the ten days on the top of uh, Boots, the chemist roof, in Covent Garden, and then uh, then I got a. Bit, then we moved into a squat, in uh, a Fawdes Road Clapham, and then from that we then went to. Um, i i got a bed set and then and then uh, and then my first wife who was still good out we, we decided to, to quote Lyle george have long distance love right she came down to live with me her name was Yvonne and we got a kind of bigger kind of like what, a kitchen with a, a room i don't think it, i think it was a kitchen room with a bed with a with a bedroom and then we and then we ended up moving out to Ilford, of all places, which is fucking shocking. I don't even right? know where that
0: is. Where is that? It's in Essex, right?
2: right? You know, it's, but when we moved to Ilford, uh, and and it was this now was February nineteen eighty 1980, or nineteen eighty one, actually no, February nineteen eighty two. two. You've had moved out. We were married by that point. We get married in December nineteen eighty one. I was twenty one, right. And we ended up moving into a house, uh, and it was, um, you know, the 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 kitchen was a pol- was a tarpaulin, so it was like fucking, it was it was a. So you're
0: it, living in a tent. It, 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 <laughs> sh- it,
2: nobody should have. Nobody should have rented as that. Yeah. It was a it was a crime, and uh, it looks like heroin. It's it's a nexium for my my Stomach, but, uh, but but you can drop my knee. There we go. But, uh, um, <laughs> it's acid reflux. <laughs> I was at the was gig the other week, and I was with Sean actually. Of all people, and uh, and we were doing was and uh, and uh, somebody on stage, don't think it was Damon, but somebody on stage had acid reflux. They ran into our van and they went, Have you got any acid reflux tablets? And me and Sean were looking at each other, and I actually went like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, they were fucking shocked that we, had, we had we had we had the drugs sort on of, us. You know, You, I mean, you switched the
0: pills. Yeah, yeah, but the, the prescribed now, you know what I mean?
2: You know, um, and then we and then we, when Yvonne, who was a bit of a hustler in her own little way, she managed to get us a a place in Beaconsfield Road that we then bought as sitting tenants, and we lived there for about five years until we broke up. And uh, that's where we started creation from, Beaconsfield Road. So that was that. Uh, that was Tottenham, Seven sisters, So so we lived there. So and and uh, Mary Chain used to live there. You know what? You know for a while, and then Primals, which must have obviously put a bit of pressure. I mean, on I mean the I think I mean have right? I been mean horrible to the Mary Chain and the Primals. I think they helped destroy my first marriage. You know what <laughs> I mean? You know? Yeah. But I mean, you know, I mean, look, I mean, like me and Yvonne but the. Architect their own designs, you, yeah, I mean? yeah. you know. But I was like, but uh, but that
0: certainly didn't help. But I don't think it helped. that no.
2: my little bands or that on to become big bands um, were on the floor on consecutive weeks. I think it drove her mental, which you know. But then you know now you know Ivon's. It, it's it's good that we're we're friends again finally after twenty eight years. So we've got we've got a son and uh, he's by default, not that he arranged it, but by default he's brought us together, do you know what I mean? Because he had to get over his own shit, which he's managed to do. He's out in Thailand now. And uh, me and Yvonne now have a very friendly, um, unacrimonious relationship which is strange because we've not got on for 28 years and now we get on, you know what I mean, you know? So you never it's say that.
0: Nice. N- n- yeah, it's, it's nice. Cause- My parents are divorced and they're like the happiest divorced couple ever to the point yeah. where neither of them ever remarried or even had yeah. other partners. And yeah, they've been yeah, divorced yeah. like 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And they hang out and yeah. go on holidays together yeah, yeah. and they stay over at each other's houses. Yeah. And it's like, some people think it's a bit We weird, haven't got to that right? stage yet. But
2: to be honest, it's like, there is no issue with us anymore, do you know what I mean? And that was my kid Daniel, uh, you know, because he'd he'd uh, you know, drug issues and I, I said I had to send him to rehab in Thailand and his mother was a huge part of that, you know, getting him on the plane and you know you know, it's his story, I won't tell it too much, but you know, he'd a hard ten years. We never spoke for ten years. I I never really knew him anyway, you know. he you know, we, we he judged me at the time on based on kind of like i don't know what he'd based it on but he, you'd have to ask him but you know i was supposedly the devil you know incarnate so to be honest and uh because of his and,
0: abandonment issues
2: well i've never I, the, the thing was i was never with his mum when i i had already i'd already broke up with his mum and then i got her pregnant yeah so it wasn't really abandonment And well, didn't she little, say to
0: you like you don't you're not involved
2: she like- yeah, she she I was a mess with drugs myself. And uh I don't know it was, it was it was just it was just the way it went down, do you know what I mean? We yeah, it was yeah. it was we all thought it was best, me included, that initially I didn't have any any contact. But then and then and then when I I got clean ninety four and then when I wanted to see the kid ninety five, she didn't think it was the right time and for better or for worse, I don't know if it's it was for better or for worse. It was just, the way it went down, really, you know what I mean? You know, but anyway, getting to the good point, he, he phoned me up finally after ten years. I went, I like, you know, I'm like, I've been I've been on drugs for ten years, and, you know, like there's a lot of other bad stuff happening to me. Can you help me? And then at that, that point, you're either gonna go, I am your father, I will help you, or fuck off because I don't know you. Do you know what I mean? Which I, you know, I, I don't. I know him a bit better now because we've been talking last six months on phone when he's been. But yeah, I sent him to Thailand and put him in rehab, got him better. But I didn't get him better. He got himself better. and know he's living out in Thailand, and I think we plan to meet uh, by the, another Sean Ryder reference because Black are doing a, a a festival in Tokyo. We one of my other friends, Takashi, who's a big promoter. uh, is taking Sean out. And Daniel went, can I come? And I went, okay. So, and I think he's got the horrors. He's mates with the horrors, actually. He's a little gang of mates. And uh, they're playing the next weekend, one of the, the Jap Festivals. Right. So, uh, so, oh, it's, it's, all, it's all tied up. But yeah, yeah, Get back to me and Yvonne, yeah, yeah, it was weird. We never, after we broke up, we never really, we never really got on for about 28 years. But now, now we do. It's weird.
0: What was the independent scene? Like when you moved to London, it was what state me, was it in? What was the sort of the, I think, the it was, I think it
2: was good, as in you know, spiz energy was happening, and personalities were happening, and Scritti politely were happening, and postcard was happening, and you know, it was it was pretty good. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, it was a good time for music. I mean, you know, like rough trade. Distribution was phenomenal, really. I mean, I've got got to say that that taught me an awful lot. Do you know, what I mean? it taught me that it was it was it was possible to be this guy here and be me, just and 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 be in, be in music and be able to put records out. You know.
0: What's your relationship with Jeff Travis? You mentioned him a few times in the book. With very, <laughs> I don't sort have of, one. Definitely not.
2: I, I, I mean, I is mean, there
0: a rivalry there? Do you think there's always no, been? No, no, anymore. I mean, no.
2: maybe in his head there is, but I mean, I think there, there, there was a younger men. I mean, Jeff must be about sixteen or something. Do you know? What I mean, I'm fifty-six. You know, I mean, I mean, also record labels don't mean, they don't mean the same things anymore. Do you know? What I mean, yeah. you know, but yeah, I mean, I suppose they were like. You know, Jeff. You know, the Smiths. He the eighties. had the nineties, we Oasis. He had the nineties, we you know the Strokes, and you know, and you know, um the Libertines. So it's like, but it's really to be honest. It, so I mean, I think we just more than anything. We, I don't think we got all in. I'm not trying to try, try to get you on it. We got on with each other, but I don't. I mean, it's. It, you, You know, the fact that I said, oh, I respect it. I do really respect what the guy built up and done. And he made a space, made it possible for me to exist. It went bankrupt because they were terrible at managing their money. Do you know what I mean? Um, And they've always had a history of that rough trade, unfortunately. You know what I mean? But, But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I've got, you know, if you're just talking about it professionally, I've got a lot of respect further off to people, you know, like, you know, Jeff, Jeanette, and then, and, you know, in the past, James Hendicott, people like that. They're, they're, to me, they've always been about music, which is refreshing, do you know what I mean? You know, you know it's a bit middle class for me, if you know what I'm saying, You know, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, that, and that's probably where me and Jeff don't connect, you know what I mean? But I mean, I don't think Jeanette always, you know, I think she's pretty working class, and Hendicott's definitely working class, but me and Jeff, I think Jeff's like a Sonny and a, a, a kind of like a hedge fund guy or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So it's <laughs> like yeah. We were never really good. I think he went to Oxford or something. Do you I mean, Nothing I mean, in common. So I'm not Absolutely yeah. zero in common. So He always thought I was a scumbag. I always thought he was a fucking idiot. So it's like, do you know what I mean? So we've never, <laughs> ever just set your stools
0: up from day one. and
2: Yeah, yeah. I've never kidded on anything different. He's yeah. never kidded on. I think we were polite during the 80s, but that was a bit it. And then I just stopped being polite after a while. <laughs> and just and, 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 and then eventually Jeff got the message and then now, now he's impolite towards me and I'm polite towards him. But we, we officially don't really get on, you know what I mean? You know? There's but people it, just it, like
0: that, it, isn't there? You know, you're it doesn't it
2: matter. To... It's like it's like Jeff's doing his own thing. You know, over it with Martin Mills and good luck to him. Do you know what I mean? It's like I mean i d I I don't, couldn't give a I couldn't give a shit on any level what he's up to. Just, I hope he's you know I, he loves music and he makes a lot of people happy you know and he puts out records that he loves I mean I can't really slag what the guy's guy he's into do you, know? you know just get on man. <laughs> job
0: uh, I went to see recently Jesus and the Mary Chain at their Shepherds Bush Empire show I saw you were show. there it was a fantastic show yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic album as well obviously yeah. you've come full circle with you know re, restarting creation and, and signing yeah. them tell yeah. me about the inception of that band in terms of the I guess the evolution of that sound which you well, sort the, of talk about in the book was kind of found by accident, almost like a fluke.
2: Yeah, it was a bit, but equally they, they knew about Doctor Mix and the Remix, and you know which I wrote it was the second Rough Trade album. Do you right. know what I mean? It's a French band that sounded. They said they were like Jesus and Mary Chain with the songs. Do you know what I mean? You know, and uh, Joe Foster loved them, and right? um, with the Mary Chain, it was a. I don't know if they. they we we, we we did upside i mean the the gig was a the, the first gig was just a fucking noise but it was a violent noise and they did a few and it was it was uncontrolled but it kept coming out the same kind of way and i suppose history's got many kind of stories to it you know i mean now everybody sees it uh hand on heart i think it was probably nobody really knew what we' doing. And it was an amazing sound. And then that got transferred to the record. And Joe mixed it. And we did it at Alaska Studios and he mixed it. And he mixed it a bit lame. And me and William went in. And ironically, even though William was the one that was doing the feedback on the on the actual record. Because we were trying to reproduce the sound we'd got in the living room, which was in my little club. I was the one that was doing the feedback button. And I was twisting it between about eight and a half to ten the whole way through. So it's really it's 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 so violent because it's getting mixed by people that don't know the rules. Do you know what I mean? So it's like so the whole thing's in the red from the beginning and it only gets louder as the record goes on. And yeah, that was uh then 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 they took it back to East Cobride. This is where the story they would deny but I remember it. Me and Bobby remember it, and they didn't like it. You know, they they thought they, th- they thought it wasn't them, and we'd go. No, that's what you sound like, and that's the sound. And then Douglas and Bobby, it, and Bobby joined them by this point, convinced them. Like I mean, it wasn't even like that. That me, Bobby, and Douglas thought it was fantastic. Everybody we played it to was going, "Fucking hell, it's amazing!" Right, yeah. and eventually, about two weeks later, the management went, "We'll go with it," and it fucking it. It Just we did about 50,000 records in the first month, you know. Wow, yeah, yeah, it was big. So that's when Creation Records became a record company, if you know what I'm trying to say. Through meeting the Jesus and Mary chain and the Jesus and Mary chain meeting us, because you can't say I don't think I discovered them, we discovered each other really, and uh, they made it possible for me to be me, and I'm you know, and I suppose I made it possible for them to be the Jesus and Mary chain. It was like we, 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 it was a Completely codependent relationship.
0: How did you reconnect? Or was there never really, I, like, a void?
2: I, I, there, there was a void for about a year. I think They sacked me in a Wendy burger after they were numbered. <laughs> <laughs> were their square they, burgers? They, I, I never remember. It was six in the charts at the time or something. And I'd taken them from, like, nowheresville to ten people, you know, in Tottenham Court Road on a Friday night to about two or three years later, three years later, something like that. Um, number six in the charts or something like that with one of the songs and um,
0: some of those early yeah. shows were fucking crazy yeah, as well yeah, right?
2: yeah, yeah 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 well you weren't around you were no, really, really reading the books I just but... read second yeah, hand yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 they were crazy but um, <laughs> and then I, mean, I did, maybe did talk to Jim and, and it, William sacked me so it was easy not to talk to him but Jim I really was I, a real you know like, fucking big event big Heart thing, which I loved him, you know, and he loved me, and and uh, we never spoke for about a year, and then ecstasy kicked in, and then I think we just met each other one night, and like fucking, he ended up back at mine, and I ended up back at his, and you know, and it, it all moved on, really. You know, it was like it was like one year we didn't talk to each other, and then it was like, ah, oh, fuck it, we meet each other, in. and 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 then and then. We were all good through the whole 90s and then they couldn't, Rough Trade, Jeff Travis wouldn't put the record out because he said Monkey was too long. Nobody would sign it and then they sent it over and I actually phoned Bobby up at his studio. They used to have a studio around the corner for my... my by this point I had a... I've still got the building actually. i I bought this office block around the corner for creation and... uh And I I phoned Bobby up in his little studio that was owned by the Guy in Culture Club, John Moss, right? Crazy. And uh, Bobby and me sat and listened and we heard cracking up and I went, fuck it, got to do it. And he went, yeah, you've got to do it. So we re-signed them to creation. It was one of the last creation records we ever put out. And they broke up on creation in America in a pawn shop. And then uh, then, I kind of never saw William... For fourteen years after that, but I I saw Jim would show up at different things that I was at. I'd be DJing in London, and he tap my back, and he was drinking around that time, and he'd go, "Hello," you know, you know. He'd be pestering about like, All right, okay, and then um, and then um, and then he he really started drinking proper around about two thousand and eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, maybe. And he he could but would somehow become Facebook friends. Jim had suddenly joined Facebook, which was weird. Maybe it was two thousand and eleven, but it was it, it was about ten in the morning, and Jim had like a fucking glass of champagne, like he, and it was a Tuesday morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I did that and, 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 and I mean this is my number. Give me a call, and, and I just was talking to him, and it, because it was you know, and he's maybe spoken to him at that point for four or five years, and and we just spoke, and I just went, I stop this, man? You know and and he agreed, and actually, we conceived Psycho Candy that, that particular phone call. And really? Yeah, I wasn't even managing him at that point. And, then, and, 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 I, and I, said, I said, and he was, oh, you know, the band and me and William and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, why don't you go out and do Psycho Candy? That's what every, every fucker wants. I was probably the first person to ever actually say that to him. And, uh, and then it came round about. The end of 2013 because i did that book that you've just read the yep. creation stories book and uh and then uh, it had been put to me a couple of times like the mary chain wanted you to get back involved and be their manager and i was completely out of management were and you out of
0: music full stop
2: I, I was i'd done a book i was going to write another book actually right but I, I wasn't you were i was, DJing doing, I, was yeah. I, I wasn't watching i was doing um some little records with Cherry Red putting out um alias kid records and test park records and stuff like that. I was just put out different little, but I, oh, it wasn't to any great effect, but it was, I was, I was having quite a good time doing it because I, I, I like the Cherry Red people overall, I think they're really nice people. And uh, and uh, what I ended up doing was uh, they asked me the third time, would I be interested in. I spoke to my missus, and I just spent five years. You know, um, I'm sure Sean spoke about this in his interview, but like me and Sean, we're, we're on the same drug, which is a gel, which is suddenly gives you back your business drive, stroke, sex drive, everything. You know what I mean? You know, regenerates the the 52 year old man <laughs> back into being a warrior, and uh, so I'd I'd got on that April. 2013, wrote a book immediately, you know, like bang, you know, I mean, and everything was back in place, you know, was his story, morning glory, you know, so I was feeling good about life again, and, uh, and uh, you know, I, because a lot of blokes go through this, you know, like you know, it's the unspoken thing, but, you know, you get, you know, you get 52 and I suppose it's like the, it's like the male menopause, I suppose, but. Like, I think Sean Ryder calls it the manopause. <laughs> you know what I mean? I you know, and, love and, it. And, 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 uh, and, uh, and uh, a lot of blokes, uh, yeah, that's why you get a lot of grouchy old men, actually, because they, they don't have enough testosterone, because your bones ache and stuff like that. You go on a train journey, dude. If it happens to you, go and get this drug, right? Right. Maybe you're 20 years too early for it at the moment, right? <laughs> but, uh, but your, your bones you It's good to be start, prepared, though. Your bo- well, you know, some fuckers told you. Nobody told me. <laughs> And you, I thought it was rheumatism or something at the time. And it was because I didn't have enough testosterone in my blood. Do you know what I mean? So you put on the testosterone and like you're, you're rocking. The
0: soul's and repleted and you Well,
2: yeah, you fucking wake up every morning with a hard one and you fucking <laughs> you want to win the whole time. So it's great. <laughs> you know?
0: I love the new Mary Chain album. I think it's absolutely oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I
2: mean, we were, we were speaking about that, me and a partner. Really, really the, good. Does the, the, the record company, the, the, record, the management company, so cock Call it record company's bad. But I mean they does the management company creation memory. And we were we were talking about the Mary Chain record and Ride have got a record out and I think the Mary Chain record was I think it surprised people more because I think because they hadn't done a record for nineteen years plus they were older because mm-hmm. William's fifty eight and Jim's fifty five. I don't I think because of the time nobody thought it was going to be any good. So, I think it shocked people that it was still a a visceral fucking great rock and roll record. Do you know what I mean? You know?
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Tell me about your friendship with Bobby, Alan.
2: I, I, I mean, it's, That's going
0: way back, right?
2: It, it's probably the longest friendship that I've got with anybody, do you know what I mean? You know, um, bar family, you know, like bar, like my sisters and stuff like that. Um, Bobby's the, the longest relationship I've, I've I've had on this in this in this dimension. You might call it that, and uh, you know, because he seems like,
0: very central to the whole creation yeah, story he as he's, well. He's
2: sort of kind of. Oh yes, he is. He he's, he's, he's you know a guiding light really for me, you know. What I mean, Bob's incredible, you know, what I mean, it's like I you know I, I think you know Bob's sober now and everything, you know, what I mean, and I think at different points in our lives we've annoyed the absolute fuck out of each other. I think we're in the happiest place we've ever been with each other because we don't see that much each other, but whenever we see each other it's totally polite and nice and and it's cool, and, you know, nobody has got to be a dick with each other anymore, do you know what I mean, you know, so so that's probably, on one level, It's we're not as close as we used to be, but equally, when you're that close with somebody for 41 years, I don't know if it's healthy to be that close, do you know what I mean, you know, but but we're we're still great, great, great friends, do you know what I mean, you know, I'd probably still say he's my best friend, you know, deep down, you know I mean, you know, um... I mean we I met him when he was eleven, I was twelve. He just looks twenty years younger than me, right? And uh <laughs> and and I but you know you know, I've always just been a tiny wee bit ahead of him and in getting into punk or getting into acid house. But what Bob does is after he you know, he knows I say this, so he won't be offended. But he then makes it his own that Punk'd in a way that him. only he could yeah yeah and the acid house belonged to him do you know what I mean? you know so but that's his ball but that's not me being a bitch i'm just being honest and going i tend to get it in it maybe a few months before something something really big happens I tend to get it a wee bit before him but but when he gets into something he really does do it you know what i mean delic is a, a work at art. you know what I mean? absolutely you know? i was yeah.
0: listening to that the other day for the first time in a while just yeah i've listened to euphoric book, isn't it it's so rebellious
2: and exciting. and I mean, I, I like, I tend to see it now, every time I see Scream of right, when they show that, that documentary every couple of years on the TV that they, they shot about five years ago, or something like yeah. that. And, uh, and you always go, God, what a good album. Do you know what I mean? It, it, one, it's, it's a great album because it, it, it kind of, um, it's aged really well, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Some of those
0: sort of, era records that were so of the time yeah do sound a bit dated now but yeah. Pills and Thrills and that one yeah,
2: yeah. they're
0: timeless aren't
2: they? Yeah Pills and Thrills really is and and then Scream of Ellicas I mean kinda almost fell out of space that record isn't it? Do you know what I mean, you know? I think the reason it's so poppy, I always say this but you know, you know, it's the truth. It's like deep down the primals are They're quite cynical and they're not that friendly. People think they are, but they're not really. Do you know what I mean? So Exterminator is more what they're really like, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But because they were taking so much ecstasy, they were really friendly. So they made a (laughs) pop album. Do you know what I mean? Really? And amongst all that space noise, it was a pop record. You know
0: Whereas I mean? you know? well, Accelerator is perhaps more like a speed record, and well,
2: that's actually what they're really like as people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean when I hear that, that is primal scream. That's really Primal You know, they're just you know like when you hear that song Accelerator, that sums that sums them up as human beings.
0: <laughs> uh, can we talk about Tony Wilson?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was
0: he perhaps a a hero? Might be the wrong word or too no, strong a word. A, that's he, the right word. With one
2: hundred percent, you know. um,
0: his factory model was obviously something that No,
2: no, I, was, I aspired to. And mean, we were never as good as factory but but um mainly because he signed so Joy Division. But the Tony was amazing. Tony Tony was a uh, in a way that Jeff Travis would talk to you as if he was just fucking your school teacher or something. Yeah, You know, if you were at university it'd be a university lecturer or something mm-hmm. like that. Tony Wilson was just the naughty. He was a he was the older version. Of what you were, he was. I was like, maybe twenty five. So Tony maybe was, I'm guessing thirty eight. Maybe he was thirteen years older than me, fourteen years older than me. And he was just a naughty version of me, with more money. Do you know what I mean? He was great. You know, I mean, you know. And uh but, but but that's making him sound shallow. I mean, it's like he, he, a lot of the things. Factory stood for like the 50 record deal. We adopted that and he gave me great advice about hanging on to my bands don't don't sell them off to majors and we you know we were like
0: did you become closest friends then when... uh, yeah
2: we did yeah, we were of we were, we were close it, it was ironic it, we, we, we went through a phase of slagging the fuck at each other for a while but, <laughs> but 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 you know i you know that was we after we after I mean, in the 2000s but it was just even that was tongue-in-cheek. I loved Sony Wilson. I mean, it's the one person, and and Seymour Stein, Catonian and Seymour, I definitely had empathy, and I felt as if I belonged to that. Do you know what I mean? And I met Amit Ertigin as well. Amit Ertigin came in to try and buy Oasis and the Teletubbies off of me, you know what I mean, you know? And uh, obviously I couldn't sell them the Teletubbies, but Oasis were <laughs> for sale, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, when you meet these people, you go, oh, I feel like I'm part of that thing that they do. Do you know what I mean? Because it was, they were kind of show offs, but they were great show offs, you know what I mean? Kindred spirits. Yeah, like. yeah but, and I don't mean show offs in a tacky way. I mean, just, they weren't, they, 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 like, Tony wasn't scared to be the biggest. Neither was Amit and neither was Seymour Stein, and neither was I. And it, it was like, and that's what I think we all had in common, ultimately, you know what I mean? You know?
0: And that riling and rebellion. Yeah, Spirit, that was right?
2: probably. I don't know what any of that was from for the other three, but with me, that was just not bringing, really, to be honest. I, you know, do you know? I mean, if I suppose if I was brought up in a more loving family, I suppose I might have actually just stuck to playing music and being about the art, but it, it became about the business because I wanted to prove everybody wrong because you're getting told that you're a useless piece of shit.
0: Yeah, well, it has a you, damaging long term effect. Well, it? It,
2: it damaged me, but. Probably as much positive as negative. Do you know what I mean? Negative in a way that you actually believe it for a while, but positive in a way that it drives you. Do you know? What I mean? You know. So and then when my mom died and then my old man went into the, the the you know the 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 clouds of fucking you know drink and everything, I was still was driven because it's just do you know what I mean? You know. I don't know why. I was just I just was driving. The only thing I would say now, whereas I'm a bit different now, is that I'm a lot looser now because it's like maybe a few years ago, Matt, uh, you know, maybe five years ago, if somebody had a go at me in any capacity, I would have to ever have go back one hundred percent. But now I'm a bit like, you know what? I don't really give a fuck about. I give a fuck about my kids and my misses, and apart from that, really, if you want to go, whatever it does. I just move on, really. Do you know, what I mean, I don't. So that's called. Just... I think it's called. You just, you just, you you realise you're fifty six, and if you go Glasgow and you might have a bit. If you're lucky, you might get seventy. And I'll, I'll work till I drop. But at the end of the day, it's like you may as well have a happy next fourteen years rather than argue with fucking idiots. You know, you know.
0: It gets tiring, right? As well, you need a lot of fight in you to fight all the time. And it's I've nicer got, sometimes to transfer that energy to positive I've got, stuff. I've
2: got the fight. That's not really the, the issue, Joe. You know? I mean, I mean, it's was like, if I, you know, it, you know, provoked, you know, yeah, I've got the fight, and but, but, you know, and I've got the energy, undoubtedly. But no, you just, you just. But I, I hear what you're saying. You know, it's like there's, there's no point in having. Look, the, he's, Simon, my, my business partner, he came up with this great. He said, he said, the only thing you prove when you win an argument man, an idiot as you'd be an idiot. So it's about like... Which well, isn't hard.
0: Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like...
2: So There's half the time, it's no what's getting involved. Just do it.
0: When you were running around during the sort of crazy years, did you feel pretty alone in many ways? Because I've sort of spoken to a few people throughout the course of my career and life. Yeah. And I find often that the people who are out there sort of getting shit done... Yeah. ...on that fuel... Very often, it's quite a lonely experience. I know you're surrounded by I, so much.
2: I, I was, I was lonely before I, You know, I came off drugs you know, in uh, I, I It was a lonely, it was lonely being me. I mean, I, I tended to drive all the girl, girls that I ever was involved with, like Yvonne. And managed to kind of like, well, I don't know. We, I think we both managed to do that one, but. <laughs> Harvey, but Belinda, <laughs> the girlfriend that came after that, and I, was, I went out with her about six years, um, you know, I think I drove her absolutely mental, and she moved out. So I, I was on my own, really, you know, for that 92 to 94 period, and and I was getting a lot of shit done, I mean, 91 was an incredible year for creation, we, we put out Screamadelica, Loveless, um, Bandwagon-esque, Giant Steps, Foxbase Alpha, we put out some good records, and that was five months, we put five albums out of that. So it was an incredible time. Um but yeah, yeah, right. I was I was lonely deep down, you know what I mean, you know. You know, and then but funnily enough, you know, you cheat you have a you have a break and you know, I went up to Glasgow and, and then I, I came back and, you know, I did rehab and all that sort of business. And then um came off drugs and and then met my Mrs Kate and then it changed for me, do you know what I mean? You know, it became, um you know, like, it, it was a, it was a slackening off, gently of, oh, I can like, I can be part of shit again, do you know what I mean? You know, and like, whereas before I was, I'd forced myself into this, total fucking,
0: <laughs> hurricane, right?
2: Um, I, I don't know what it was, I don't, I don't know what anything else, what do you call it? I mean, I was a, I was a force of nature, because I got a lot of stuff achieved, in a very short space of time, but, Besides um, some amazing bands, but but yeah, it was it was personally lonely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're correct. Who else has said that to you? Is um, like that I can't remember any.
0: John didn't say it, but I get the impression right. that it's very lonely to be John.
2: Yeah, I think it might even still be lonely being John. Do you know I mean, he's, he's got, got that persona, life, hasn't he? he?
0: Like, yeah. And he has to. I yeah, think. Yeah, I yeah. mean, at the start of the interview, he yeah. was very much in the persona, and yeah. I sort of tried to break down that, and I felt yeah. like I got there. Yeah. But you can see that it's a protective enough, thing yeah, for I've to that. and you can see yeah. that people like that. I mean, when basically when you're larger than life yeah. and you have a big mouth and you're yeah. getting shit done and you're yeah. you're pissing people yeah. off with the way yeah. you operate.
2: Yeah, and that's another thing. I've, I've managed to stop in general pissing people off, which is probably <laughs> quite good. You know what I mean? It took me fifty odd years to to do that, but yeah, I, I don't tend to piss people off as much. as I'm used to. I, I, I've now used to go out and say something. Insane in the next couple of weeks, and the whole world would be like pissed off. <laughs> with me, too, with but it's like, but uh, no, I, I don't tend to piss people off as much as I used to have a, an amazing talent for that.
0: I wish I'd have been around more and sort of seen that the old Alan, perhaps.
2: I don't know. <laughs> I, I think this Do you a feel fun.
0: like you were very different then to now, like a, almost a different person, or is it more just like a, a? It's
2: just a more evolved, evolved person. You know, I mean, you know, I say it's such a a wanky thing you say, but... No, no, they, it's, they, well, but, well, that's why we're but, here, right? But, but, to... but, 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 but uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've just developed different character traits, really, to I mean, you know, and, you know, I'm just, i just a lot calmer, man, you know what I mean, you know, I don't, I mean, I walk about London, yes, as you can see, and my, my bar, Baranara, I can fucking mind my own business and do my own thing, and... Like I annoy nobody really. You know, please please leave me alone if you want. To, if you want to annoy me? You know <laughs> do you I mean? get
0: recognised a lot? No, not no. anymore
2: at all because I've got a beard now. Yeah. It's like, I was actually with Sean at the, the Guerrillas gig, and uh, when I persuaded Sean to, to go and do deer a couple of times, and it was it was good for him to to go and do that because it was like it showed people that you know he's still one hundred percent compass men, as uh-huh. as you as you did the interview. Yeah, you know I saw that. I saw them and play and, and, with and the verb as well or with Richard Ascroft. He, he and, absolutely yeah. nailed it. So it was it was a good you know 5, 000 people both names both nights. And um and uh Yeah, you know me and Sean were speaking to Damon and I've known Damon since the nineties and he was having this conversation and I thought he recognised me but he was just wasn't being that friendly. But but it was fine, whatever you floats your boat and then about 10 minutes later he came flying through the bricks and academy door and he went McGee he gave me a fucking big bear hug he went I fucking never I never recognised you and he'd been standing talking to me for 25 minutes <laughs> next to Ryder and he was like and he obviously obviously not went Alan McGee manages Ryder and uh, you know and, and, and me and Sean were speaking to him and it was like and then he came and gave me the, gave me the hug and he went fuck you are so different but better.
0: <laughs> That's amazing.
2: Was like, and, and so so, so what, to answer your question, yeah, maybe maybe 10 years ago, yeah, it was never that bad for me. It was, it was only bad when I was involved with the Oasis thing and people would be jumping out of cars taking pictures of me walking down the road to a fucking pram, do you know what I mean? You know, that, that got a bit annoying at a buggy, do you know what I mean? You know, but, uh, but other than that, it's never really been that bad. That awful, really. So it was around that time, the late nineties, early two thousands, that you know, the paparazzi were they were kind of on me, and I got phone hacked and all that. Politics. But, um, but overall, it was never. And now, you know, now it went away from maybe like one or two people a day to nobody knows who I am. It was amazing. It's nice he, you can just yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah Well, you obviously kind of did vaguely know who what I looked like. But most people, you've got to go, hey, it's me. And they go, oh, right, okay.
0: Well, I spotted you at the Jesus and Mary Chain show and I was like, that's definitely Alan. That's what sort of got the brain ticking about getting you on this. And then Sean was like, you've got to get him on.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Do you need to get off fairly soon? No, I'm all right. We're good. Um, I guess we need to go into the Eye of the Storm with Oasis, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the first impressions, first of all, of of that band live on stage at the famous sort of King Touch show where you... I, well, 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 yeah. How
2: it started was it was a total. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a boring story, but maybe so maybe your crowd have de- heard that. But but what happened was that um, Glasgow was having a an all day license and it would shut the pubs from six o'clock to nine o'clock in the morning. So it was a twenty one hour license. King Tut's had right, insane right. <laughs> and it was the city of culture in nineteen ninety three, and uh, and. So it was so you could drink for twenty one hours solid, for a city of alcoholics that's pretty serious. So, but what what essentially had happened was that instead of going on at eight thirty, the first band went on at ten thirty, and I was there at eight thirty. I was there at eight thirty to see the ten thirty band, but you know which was two of my little other bands, and Oasis had come up with. Debbie Turner, whose band was Sister Lovers. And, uh, you know, they just come on up on a... They, I think they'd both hired a rock and roll bus to come up and be rock stars for the day. And I don't think they... Had to, they definitely didn't know I was going to be there because it, it was virtually impossible that anybody would know that I would be there because I don't think i told a soul that I was thinking to go. And, and even, even until I entered the building... I wasn't even sure I was actually going to go to it. Do you know I mean? You know, it was Debbie was playing in Glasgow. I was big mates. We had hung out with her through the Acid House thing. I had no idea she was bringing another band up, and I was like, "Do I do not I do. I do not You just wanted
0: to I, surprise
2: her. No, I wanted to freak her out. Right, but, but <laughs> because because basically she just played her first gig. Right, and 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 me showing up was going to put her right on edge, and I, <laughs> and me being twisted thought that that was like. You know, really, what funny. friends do, right? Yeah. Well, well, well what I do anyway, right? <laughs> and, uh, and 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 I walked into Oasis, and and there were about eleven or twelve manks and Liam was sitting there, all dressed in blue, looked amazing, and you know, and then the guy for boyfriend, I can't remember his name, but he was a teenage fan club road. He was going, "Oh, it's going to go off, it's going to go off." You know, and, and I remember just saying to the King Tots people, who I kind of knew, obviously, because. I'd got creation and everything. I'd remember saying King Touch people, just let them play four songs. It's like fucking. Let's just go in with the night, you know, blah blah blah, and and they did, and because uh, I was friends with Debbie and the other two bands were mine, and they, they I think everybody shot their set a wee bit, so always just could do four songs, and. It was. It was about an eight and a half, nine out of ten for a fourth in the band. Fourth on the bill Band, so it was like it's incredible, really. Usually you would, you would see. It. I mean, I, I mean, they wandered on stage. Nobody's expecting it to be good, and it was fucking. It's it was brilliant. You know, I mean, the first one was good. I think it was bring it on down, The second one was great. Susan, my sister went. You should sign this, and I was like, no, no, yeah, you know, I'm thinking, have I had? Because i had been, i had been. I had quite a lot of drink at that point. I'd probably three or four Jack Daniels in Coke doubles and I'm thinking is this drink or is this you know, I mean you know you don't you never know and then uh and then and then they played the Eye on the Walrus and they nailed it and uh and then I and then I went up to the guy back to the sound who had been sacked uh by a Teenage Fan Club for taking cocaine. Ironically with me, right. You know, you know, you know. But he got the sack, right, right. And uh and he was mixing the sound, his name was Mark Coyle. And uh he recorded definitely maybe he was one of the one of the people he he was the person that recorded it recorded it, didn't mix it. And uh and uh, Coyle went, Oh, they don't have a manager, but I'll go and get the main guy, his name's Noel. I I get him in a bit. And All right, I'm just over here. And it was mind my own business, and then Noel came up and he was like, "Really, No, Like suspicious?" I'm like, "All right, you know." And uh, I mean, I just a kind of discussion, and I think it, I mean, obviously, I can't remember word for word, but I think I did say along the lines of, "Like, do you want a record deal?" And is, is he remembers it? He probably would remember it word for word. Do you know what I mean? No, no, right? But uh, I think I went something along the lines of, like, "Do you want a record deal?" And he went, "Who?" We? I think I went Creation, and he went, "Yes," and then. We kind of shook on it and, 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 went, and I went come down and meet every day in the office and you know and look we'll try and get it together and and they came down on the Thursday and they came down to meet me and Dick and, uh, and Tim Abbott and, uh, and it was Noel, Liam and Bonehead and it went great. Liam spoke to, to Tim Abbott, I spoke to Noel and Bonehead spoke to whoever would listen to him, you know, <laughs> and uh and, and and it was it was great, you know. And uh, we we at that point we shook hands and went, "We're definitely doing it. We're, we'll do it if you'll do it." And it was like, I think they said that to us, and we went, "No, we're doing it," you know. And I shook, shook on it. We know, and sent them back home. And then it took about four months to get done, but it happened. It worked out, and we signed the latest.
0: And that, at your point in your life, was quite a...
2: Well, I was on... I was at my mind. You were I was at the the peak of it at that point, right? I can remember one time, before even any records came out, there was an incident that somebody, one of our artists that will remain nameless, had been uh, messing about with some pretty young girl. I I, don't think she was underage, but, you know, she was definitely young, and... uh, the family, it was an Indian family, came round, and it was like a like I think they pulled a knife on me at the door because they thought that I was harbouring this particular artist in the, um, in the in the the office because they didn't understand the concept of record companies. that The artists don't live in the fucking office. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, and then they were just little scallies, like like Indian scallies and they they went, you fucking get knifed. And I was like, and I and and. Tim came to the door, Tim was always up for it, and Ed came. It was mean, me, Tim, and Ed, and, and me and Tim were just going, Fuck off, go fuck yourselves. And I'm like, who the fuck? We fronted it out, but Ed had a, a metal bar, so we were never going to lose. I mean, we saw the metal bar behind the door, and they were telling me we were going to stop, and we were like, Fucking come on, come on, just fucking try it. Luckily, the problem went away. Um, and no, actually it was in downstairs. And so i was go upstairs, and he went. He went. Do you want us to come upstairs and help you? So I like, know it's quite hard. Nobody knows that. No, but no can fight. And, you say uh, that
0: about Carborat in the book as well, actually.
2: Yeah, Car can fight as well. Carl's really strong, really. But no, knows uh, of the Gallagher's, no's actually quite hard. Do You
0: think he'd have Liam in a fight then, physical? I think he's had him a few times. Oh, he has. Fight. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I think Liam's fearless, so. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I think no's actually pretty hard. I don't know if he's still, I mean, he's 50. I mean, he's like me. I mean, who's <laughs> yeah. hard at 50, you know? I mean, you know, yeah. but, it's like, but he's like a, uh, but he's, but yeah, I mean, he, he, he offered to go up to, upstairs with Coyley and he said, Do you want us to go up? And I went, No, no, you'd stay there. And we went up, but Ed took a metal bar, you know? There he goes. <laughs> An original story An that been book? Do you know yes. what I mean? You know, you
0: know? Absolutely love it. Um, and Nebworth, well, in fact, let me ask you about very quickly the What's the Story demo tapes. That was, I think, from what I gather, what helped you out of your psych- drug psychosis, right? Yeah. Because you felt like you wanted to be involved in something that...
2: I, I don't know if that was an example. I, I was... I, I, Look, like it's, it's... Somebody talked... Who was it I was talking about? I was watching some programme on the internet the other night, and they were talking about people with, you know, depressive problems or whatever it was, which essentially I think that was all that I really had, which was clinical depression, which... I do actually have, you know, and I take medication for it. But but the bottom line is it was a and I had it to be fifteen, it was just it was undiagnosed for about twenty years. But it's easy weirdly to come out of something as big as what I came out of to a massive success. Because if you're coming out of something to fucking
0: Natural euphoria.
2: No, no, just like nothing like 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 Fuck! Nobody gives a fuck. About yeah, 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 yeah. And I've got no money and blah blah blah. When, when there's no love around, you know that's when people slip back.
0: Yeah, but that's what I mean but, is when you're but, coming but, out to yeah, yeah, but, natural but, happiness. But but but, but,
2: but, when it, but when, because I was coming out and the excitement at Oasis was like a drug in itself because it became so big, so fast. And when I came out, we were number one, but definitely maybe, and then. Really, to be honest, suddenly we were at Main Road and, like, plenty of 40,000 people. and It was—it all happened kind of pretty much overnight. I mean, that that film that came out, I thought it was a good film, but... Supersonic. Yeah, it was as fast as what that that film is actually saying. I mean, from (coughs) May... 31st of May, 1993, when I found him, to mid-August... 96 was three years and I think we could have sold Nebworth about eight times it was two million ticket applications well, we were, actually it was a bit more than that we could have did 16 Nebworths if we'd done all the ticket applications we only did two
0: Do you wish you had walked away after Nebworth? Have you got any regrets about that? Because you uh... say it would be sort of like a pretty punk rock great statement to have made but if you could go back to that time now would you, knowing what you know, would you walk away then?
2: Probably to be honest, do you, know what I mean? you know, but I still think we ended it well. Do you know what I mean? We, we still ended it, we left it that primal skin but in at number two and Oasis went at number one. But it would have been mean, absolutely genius ending to just walk away after their political. What I mean, but we but the, the, to be fair the do you think the band four, should
0: have as well? Oh, it's not for me to
2: say, really, no. to it's for no one Liam to. Because you know they I mean? almost
0: kind of hint at that, or maybe they even say it in the yeah. documentary. I don't know, it so I, like,
2: I don't think Liam thinks that. No, but it's like, <laughs> but it's not really for me. I don't think it's very us to say. I mean, you know. I mean, I think they've got very different opinions and what they should do anyway. You know, I mean, you know, so it's up to them. You know, I mean, I mean, <clears throat> are I mean, you I friends mean, with I'm, those guys still? I'm friends with no. I I, I mean, I'm not unfriendly, William. I you know, we kind of talk vaguely through his his girlfriend. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm loving the new stuff. I mean, that Chinatown track, which is just somehow come up on the internet. I last night. I don't know, and maybe it's an extra track on iTunes or some, some. I don't, I really don't understand how it suddenly popped up, but, 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 but Wall of Glass is killer. Yeah. So I mean, I'm ha- I'm really happy for him, because I just think you know. It kind of proves, he's got it, but it proves that. We went wrong either. He's, he's he's one of the great ones. Do you know what I mean you know, so you know, and when I want to say great ones. I mean great rock and roll stars, great singers. Do you know what I mean you know so great frontmen, great yeah. frontmen. So it's I'm, I'm 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 happy on lots of levels, but happiest happiest mainly for him because he you know he badly wants to still be in the game and and he is you know what I mean you know. But Oasis yeah that was a great moment for us all. I mean defining moment for me I suppose because I've always been known as the the guy that found them, do you know, you know So.
0: Have you got, have you got like a proudest achievement professionally?
2: Um, to still be around.
0: <laughs> Personally, <laughs> that would be. In your, in your career. Uh, or, or do you mean just uh, actually to still be working as?
2: I think still, to still be making money out of music at 56. is pretty fucking astonishing. Do you know what I mean? You know?
0: And you've done it your own way.
2: Yeah. I mean, do, I do really work with people we want to work with and, you know, and I only I work with Simon and Anita, who you know. I only work with people I like.
0: So do you know. Um. I guess we should probably wrap it there. There's so much more I wanna. Can I actually very quickly yeah, to finish go. off Malcolm McLaren for mayor? I mean, yeah, yeah. So for me, there's Andrew Lou Golden, there's Malcolm McLaren, there's Tony Wilson, and then there's you. For me, who are four people that have just had such an undeniable imprint on the right. shape and the the whole landscape yeah. of British music and obviously I'm not as good
2: as I'm, I'm definitely the fourth though if, you, if you, in, in the le, the, in the levels of like capability but, but, but weirdly I was the one that had Britpop which was the most commercially successful of any of the four movements but um
0: there's a there's a line though isn't there yeah yeah there no, is no, a no. direct and line
2: I, of... and I I'm friends with Andrew and I was big friends with Tony and I was big friends with Malcolm Malcolm for me I just <laughs> came out of me going for lunch uh, with Malcolm and uh, well not lunch dinners with Malcolm and uh, it ended up um, Malcolm pr- managed to get him pr- you know managed to pr- we were we, going for dinner with each other for uh, four years once a month at the Ivy
0: four and, years uh, once a month yeah wow. yeah, yeah yeah so, so long... you must have had so many amazing
2: yeah but, and I know him really well and then uh, or I knew him really well and um, and then Malcolm when I'm thinking of running for the mayor of London, will you, will you put me up for it? And I went, oh, you'll never win, Malcolm. Blah blah blah. And then it was November, and for some reason, we went late November to the Caribbean when we used we used to go, and I don't know why we didn't go this this uh, December. But it was it was like me and Kate, my missus. We didn't have any kids at the time, and uh, we went. And Susan, my sister, and Louis, and their little girl Jade, who's now about nineteen, I was like, I know that, you know, and we went to. It should be the end of ninety nine, November ninety nine, and it was in the days of faxes, right? And it was like, and then Malcolm had proposed himself from. He announced that he was standing as for the mayor of London, and that I was going to be, I was going to back him. I like, I was like, and at first I was like. You know what you cheeky bastard. Like? Yeah, and I was laughing, cheeky <laughs> bastard. But I was also going, I was also going, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, Malcolm, what are you? Doing? And then it, the press was coming through. It was so much that I was like, actually, this is quite good. don't I, I, I know how I'm going to pay for this as well. So when I went back, I said, I think, I think we were in the middle. I think we went early because I was in the middle of closing creation. Before I closed it closed, one of the last things I did was I said to. Uh, the Sony accountant, oh, I give right out twenty grand for Malcolm for Mayor. I went, why? What is Malcolm for Mayor? And he was like thinking, why am I giving you twenty grand? You know, what I mean, we're trying to get all the money off you, you motherfucker. <laughs> and, uh, and and and, uh, and I went, oh, it's an art project. And Sony actually financed Malcolm for Mayor, put him up, and like we got him on Question Time and everything. It was like nuts, man.
0: And how close did he get? Did he actually take himself out of the race once? I,
2: I took him out of the race eventually. It was like before Ken Livingstone stood, Malcolm Malcolm would have got his deposit back, which was the twenty grand deposit, and um, and you
0: both backed Ken, right? So you were like,
2: well, yeah, yeah. It was it was like because Ken wouldn't stand, and uh, and uh, and we, we we I put him up, and uh, he had six percent of the London vote, Malcolm Macdonald. Which obviously a protest for it. Yeah. But he, he 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 didn't quite. He didn't like. He, like, he, like you know when they do the little Huston's things. You know what I mean? You know, and and Cockfosters, he never showed up for any of them. Do you know what I mean? You know, he he he, he didn't like to leave Soho. Yeah. Believe yeah, yeah. it or not, Malcolm, where we are now in Rathbone yeah. Place, yeah, yeah, or Rathbone Road, Malcolm so lived close to this. He lived off of Charlotte Street. Right. Right. He he literally lived. Hundred fifty yards up the road.
0: His funeral was amazing. What, I never went. Bobby, was,
2: I, I, me and Bobby went through a five-year period. I, I was not talking. About it. it was That wasn't because I, I hate funerals. I really, really don't like funerals, and I, I never, I never went to it. But uh, Bobby went, and he said that it was fucking mental. Was, like a like, carnival it, or something. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was meant on a great way. I mean, I'm friends with Joe Malcolm's son who's a brilliant guy as well. What did you I, think
0: about that thing that he was going to do? I'm not sure how that how did that story conclude. He was going to burn all that stuff. Do you remember that? It was about six he, months ago. I
2: think he did it.
0: He just did it. Yeah.
2: yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, I mean. Do
0: you think that's a shame or?
2: I wouldn't have done it that way, but I can understand. I can understand why Joe done it. Do you know what I mean? You know, I mean, uh, you know, he, you know, when when the I understand that. I mean, I'm, I don't I don't take I'm not saying I agree with it, but I actually understand why Joe did it because it was like, you know, he grew up in a house that his parents, Vivian and and Malcolm, created punk rock. Really, I suppose you know what I mean? They were like, with the, in in through the, the shop sex, he was brought up right through that whole thing, and then suddenly you know the, the Queens, kind of like, anointing it and stuff, and I can understand, him being, you know, burning it and stuff like that. Personally, I would. I'd have probably auctioned it and given it to the, you know, given it to crisis. that's what I would have done, but but it's easy to, it's easy for me to say that, it's like, Joe's his own guy and, you know, he's, he's a good man, you know. Just what is it that you want to do?
1: Well, we want to be free, we want to be free to, to do what we want to do, and we want to get loaded, and we want to have a good time, and that's what we're going to do. Well, wait, baby, let's go. We're going to have a good time, we're going to have a party.